Winston Churchill led the British during World War II. And during those dark days, there was a great need to increase coal production. In a speech aimed to get support from labor leaders, Churchill asked them to picture in their minds a parade that would be held at the end of the war in London. In this parade, first would come the sailors who had kept the sea lanes open. Next would come the soldiers who defeated the Germans in Africa. Next would come the fighter pilots who drove the Germans from the British skies. Last of all would come a long line of sweat-stained, soot-streaked men in miners' caps. Some would cry, where were you in the critical days of our struggle? And from 10,000 throats would come the answer, we were deep in the earth with our faces to the coal. I want to say thank you to our deacons. Our deacons don't have the most glamorous of jobs sometimes, but their faces are to the coal and play a vital role in helping the church and this congregation fulfill its mission. A deacon is a servant. Jesus says the servants are blessed. Matthew 23, verse 11. They are the greatest among us. If you will, we'll spend most of our time here. Turn in your Bibles. I have it on the screen, but turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll be looking at verses 8 through 13. Notice a true servant when Paul describes the qualifications of a deacon. Paul has just described the elders and says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 8, deacons likewise must be dignified, not two-faced, not given to excessive drinking, not greedy for gain, holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And these must be tested first and then let them serve as deacons. If they are found blameless, Likewise, also their wives must be dignified, not slanderous, temperate, faithful in every respect. Deacons must be husbands of one wife and good managers of their children and their own households. For those who have served well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. There are two main New Testament words for servant one of which is transliterated here, deacon. The references using this word are limited in the New Testament. Yet deacon is used in our current text in a technical sense. The word deacon is used in our passage here of a position held in the church by specifically appointed and qualified men. We all have do's and don'ts that we must abide by. The deacon's office and qualifications are the same. Today, let's look at the do's and don'ts of deacons. 
What makes a qualified deacon? What do deacons do? How are deacons selected? There are questions that I'll try to answer about these questions. Questions about these that I've wanted to answer and are needed to be answered about the servants in the Lord's church. In like manner, it says, in like manner or likewise means that just as elders have certain qualifications, the elders had just been described, so do deacons. Now, first, deacons must be, must be grave. They must be reverent. They must be serious. They must be men of dignity, verse 8. Any Christian, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, Titus chapter 2, verse 2, should be serious. But especially a deacon because it's a qualification of a deacon. A deacon is a man who takes his responsibilities very seriously. A deacon also must hold the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. Deacons can't be wishy-washy, verse 9. They can't be wishy-washy in their faith. It's one thing to question your own faith. It's quite another to fall behind and recover and fall behind again. A mystery must be revealed. The gospel that must be believed was a mystery until God revealed it to man. Romans chapter 16 verses 25 and 26 it says, It was a mystery kept secret since the world began, but has now been made manifest or made known, and by the prophetic scriptures has been made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. Paul said again in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 3 that the mystery was made known by God. In Jude verse 3 he writes for us to contend earnestly for the faith and deacons are to hold fast to this mystery, hold fast to this faith, unwavering in obedience with a pure conscience. The word pure here was used of a man who was free of debts. It's also been used of someone who's free of some charge that's been brought against them. A deacon is to be pure. His conscience is to be pure. It was used of metal that was melted down in that we would have pure gold. There would be no impurities in the gold. The gold would be pure. A deacon, because he is a man, must continually make sure that he is right with God. Another do for a deacon is that they must be married to a woman. The deacon is to be a one-woman man. Since the deacon must be married to a woman, the deacon is always a man. These are the qualifications. The general Christian does not have to be married, but a deacon does. Deacons must be the husband of one wife and rule or manage their children and houses well. As for the question of children, of deacons, I want you to notice verse 12. I want you to notice that deacons must have children. 
I want you to notice also in the whole passage that describes deacon how many plural nouns there are. Deacons is plural. These, that means more than one. Them, again, referring to deacons. They, again, referring to deacons, more than one. Their wives, again, plural. Deacons, again, plural. Husbands, again, plural. Managers, again, plural. Their children, again, plural. Their households, again, plural. Those, deacons, themselves, all plural. Deacons, more than one. Husbands, more than one. Now, I underlined wife. I underlined Christ Jesus. Because there's only supposed to be one wife to a deacon. He's supposed to be a one-woman man. And there's only one Christ Jesus. Ruling there, plural, talking about more than one, showing possession. Ruling their children, plural, more than one child because we are talking about more than one man. There, again, plural, more than one. Own houses, plural, more than one house. Logically, church, if two or more men have one child each, when talking about all of them, you would call them children, would you not? For all of these young people right here, and that's plural, young people, if each young person had a dog, if each young person had a dog, and I was referring to these young people and their dogs, but they only have one, he only has, Adam only has one dog. And Peyton only has one dog. But I'm referring and I'm, and I'm including all of their dogs, and that's plural. But he has one dog, and she has one dog, and she has one dog, and he has one dog. But I'm talking about all of them. I'm including all the young people that are sitting on this row and their dogs. I couldn't say their dog because that would mean all of them own the one dog. When we talk about, logically now, from the scriptures, when we talk about deacons and their children, we're talking about plural deacons, more than one, and their children, which could include five children, twelve children, or one child. If their children requires each deacon to have more than one child, then their houses, look now, look at the scriptures, don't look at me, look at the scriptures. If their children requires each deacon to have more than one child, then houses in the same verse should require each deacon to rule more than one house. I don't believe that's what the scriptures are saying. I don't believe Eric Hagen, as a deacon in this congregation, has to have more than one house to be a deacon. 
The word for children here in the original language is used in the plural to agree with deacons. But it's used 26 times in the New Testament in the singular. This word in the New Testament for children here in 1 Timothy chapter 3 is used 26 times in the New Testament in the singular to mean child, son or daughter. Same word. Deacons must have their children. Deacons, plural. Children, plural. Because I'm talking about more than one deacon. Deacons must have their children under control and their houses. We must all live within our means. But especially a deacon and his family. The wife of a deacon is to be dignified. Not mean, not a gossip as we talked about this morning, but ready to help. She is to be faithful. Many times I have seen our deacons and their wives work hard together in the church. No one is perfect, but a deacon must have these qualities to be a deacon. But there are some don'ts too. Deacons are not to be double-tongued, telling one thing to one person and then telling somebody else something different. This word could also be translated liar. And we know the end of all liars, Revelation 21.8. Deacons are not to be given to wine. They are not to be addicted to wine. The best way to keep from being addicted to alcohol is to stay away from it. Deacons should let God's Word alone control their lives and not alcohol or anything else. A deacon is not to be greedy. Sometimes our deacons are trusted with monies from the church and greed cannot come between a deacon and his duty. Elders rule over or shepherd the flock. Deacons are servants. They are not elders. Many believe the first deacon prototype is found in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. The seven men selected here are not named deacons, but their service to the widows in this passage allowed the apostles to focus on spiritual matters. These in Acts chapter 6 are certainly examples for today's deacons. It's sad to see a deacon without a job. Just a name on a letterhead. You know, you leave a flashlight in a drawer for a year or two without ever turning it on and then open it up and see what happens to the batteries. They're corroded. They're a mess. They are meant to be used. The light is meant to shine. Christians, including deacons, were not created in Christ Jesus to be warm and comfortable, but to work and let our light shine. The Bible does not say specifically what deacons can do. But we can figure out what deacons should do if we keep three things in mind. The elders, number one, oversee the flock. And that includes the deacons. There are many things the elders need help with. And a qualified deacon can easily help. Elders would be wise 
to delegate, to delegate all that they could to the deacons so that they can free themselves to oversee the congregation more closely. Number two, remember this. From these qualifications that we've just read, we can conclude that deacons are qualified to be in charge of numerous activities and jobs. And number three, their name means servant, so their duties would tie in to whatever the congregation needs done. They are servants of the congregation of which they belong. God in His infinite wisdom said, You elders oversee, and you deacons are servants. But God didn't list the duties of a deacon. You know, the thousand-member congregation may need a lot of ushers. And they may, may need a deacon over those ushers. But the deacon in a jungle congregation may need to be put in charge of fans and mosquito nets. Every congregation is different. Here at Fountainhead, we have certain needs. And the elders have placed deacons where they need them most. The way you pick out deacons is to test them. Test them first. If they are blameless and they meet the qualifications, well then they can serve. The Bible doesn't tell us how to select deacons, only who is qualified. This test could only be administered though by observation, observation over time. Of course, the elders are in charge and we are under their authority. The elders know where help is needed. The elders may say, well, we need help here and this person is qualified to be a deacon, so let's make them a deacon and they would be perfect for this particular task that needs to be done. This particular work that needs to be overseen. The elders are in charge. But an observational test by looking at the do's and don'ts of a deacon and looking at those do's and don'ts and, and, and putting them up against the life of the deacon should do the trick. Look at the life of the deacon. Does he meet the qualifications? Then he can serve as a deacon. Since deacons are servants of the congregation, elders would be wise to put their names before the congregation or even better, ask the congregation for names. That's what was done in Acts chapter 6 where the apostles asked the brethren to play a role in the selection of those servants that they needed to, to serve the widows at that time. But every congregation is left to its own judgment if the qualifications are met. J.W. McGarvey said, if a congregation had been told to select men with certain physical characteristics, they would have to look among themselves. It's the same with spiritual characteristics. You know, if, if, if we said, if the Bible said, well, deacons have to have a beard, well, we would have to look at them, wouldn't we? That would be a, a certainly part of the test, would it not? To look at them and say, well, you don't have a beard, you can't be a deacon. But that's not what we're told to do. We're told of spiritual characteristics, and we should look at our deacons in that light. One who is selected as a deacon and serves well, the Scriptures say, have a wonderful promise. 
First Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, they have a, a promise of a great blessing. They will be highly regarded by God. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? Isn't that a wonderful promise to be highly regarded by God? Be a good servant and a good deacon and you'll obtain great confidence in the faith and you'll be bold and confident and assured in your salvation. The work of a deacon should not be lightly regarded by those asked to serve or by those being served. Service is not always glamorous, but it's always needed. Again, I want to thank you deacons. I want to thank their wives for having your face to the coal. For doing those sometimes unglamorous, maybe even menial jobs. But they get done and they get done in an efficient manner. And they get done and the congregation doesn't even know they've been done. But they've been done well. You are needed, deacons. You are vital. If you want victory, everyone here must set their face toward obedience. Elders, deacons, preachers, teachers, members of the body, everyone. If you want salvation, you must obey. You may never be an elder. You may never be a deacon. But you can be a Christian. If you're not, to do so, you've got to obey. Obey the command, Acts 2.38, to repent and be baptized. And then you'll be qualified. Qualified to go to heaven. If you want to be qualified to go to heaven, come right now as together we stand and sing.